I had a message, or I should say I had a topic that I really been wanting to talk about for some time, and uh, last Sunday I thought I was going to go there, and then yesterday I thought, you know, I had to work kind of late yesterday, and I, I was busy and had other things going on. I said, this is going to be the week where I'm going to speak on this, and I said, I'll just get up early in the morning and prepare, and as I did, the Lord brought me another direction. (laughs) And I feel like we're in a season where there's more required of us than in seasons of the past. Whether, Whether we're the one ministering the Word or the one hearing the Word or whatever it is that we're doing, in that Whatever our, our duties might be at, the, at, at any particular time, I believe there's a higher level of accountability. There's a greater responsibility upon us. And um, He's requiring us to follow Him. Uh, there have been times, I, I, I looked through some messages from times past where I preached here and other places and you know, I noticed how God used to, and He still does, but it seemed more regular that I could just prepare a message and He'd allow me to preach. And uh, He was there and it was wonderful. And that, that's still something that He does. But, but lately I've noticed He's much more intent on bringing us into His mind and the things that He desires for us in this season. So He brought me back to the phrase that He spoke to me last Sunday morning. You all remember I shared with you, woke up very early in the morning, probably a little before 3 a.m., and I heard this phrase that says, Was there a path in the wilderness? The Lord told me to go and write that down. And I did, and that was about... That was about it. So today, we're going to look a little bit at the path in the wilderness. We're going to see how God led His people and how God leads us today. Just as He was leading the children of Israel to the promised land, He's leading us into the land of revival. So let's look at Exodus Chapter 13 and verse 17. I have several scriptures today. We'll see if we get to them all, but I'm going to try. Ephesians 13, starting verse 17, it says, Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, 
God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. So they took their journey from Succoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. The children of Israel were being brought out of a time of captivity and slavery and all of these things and and, then they'd seen the hand of God move to set them free. And it says they could have gone another way. There was a closer way. But God led them through the wilderness. And a lot of people have different ideas of what it means to go through the wilderness. And oftentimes I'll talk about wilderness seasons as being seasons of unfruitfulness and seasons of difficulties or whatever it might be. But I noticed how God led them through the wilderness. He didn't just say, You know, here's the way, good luck. But it says that he did not take away. (laughs) This really is. This is our God. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night. From before the people. This was an old covenant situation that they were in. These were men and women that have the nature given to them by Adam. They had not been born again. There was no new nature within them. And yet it still says that God, He did not take away from them the leadership that He'd given them. How much more can we expect in our life that God is leading us, guiding us, and and bringing us through every situation? Let's look over at Deuteronomy. Chapter 8. Verse 1, it says, Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember... That the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what is your heart, whether you'd keep His commandments or not. So He humbled you, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. 
on this path that the children of Israel were walking, it says that their clothes didn't wear out. Their feet didn't swell. I know people, they can't go on a car ride without their feet swelling. And these people walked 40 years in the wilderness, in difficult situations, in inclement uh, weather, in who knows what they went through. And yet, not only was the Holy Spirit there with a fire by night and a pillar cloud by day, but also He provided everything that they needed. But see, we have this innate problem in the flesh really it's not innate in our spirit but in the flesh where we're <laughs> there's a dissatisfaction with where we are mm, let me say that again lord forgive me in the flesh many times where we expect something that is not what where we are today we expected something different when we began following god Right When the children of Israel, they're being led by the Spirit of God. Well, He's going to lead us to the promised land. But yet, He led them to the wilderness. And they began to complain. And yet, even in the wilderness, they had all the clothes that they needed. They were fed miraculously. And still it wasn't enough. And see, there's a pattern that Israel went through, and you can read it in, I believe it's in Nehemiah where he talks about, you know, they obeyed you in difficult times. They called upon you, Lord, and you heard them, you redeemed them. Then they disobey the Lord again. They get back into trouble. They call on the Lord again. He forgives them, redeems them. And it's a continual cycle. It's like they, things get better, and then they start turning to their own ways. And this is the nature of the flesh. If you'll remember, Pastor Dave talked about this, that when it comes to hardships, when it comes to difficult things, the flesh wants out. When it comes to pleasure, the flesh wants in. And you know, it doesn't matter what that pleasure is. It doesn't have to be a sinful thing. It could be the pleasure of fame, the pleasure of being used of God, the pleasure of all of these wonderful things. The flesh will go right along with you. But see, there's a suffering that the children of Israel went through. Now, God was dealing again with a people that were not born again. They didn't have the new nature. And so many things that God dealt with, He dealt with them in a natural way. If you'll remember, Pastor Dave had a great way of giving us parables and things, ways to understand how God, uh, spiritual things in a natural way. And he talked about his dog, Cain, was a wolf, big old head on him, would tear the pieces of siding off the side of the house. would look at the cover to the hot tub as a big pancake, chew things up, kill the chickens and farm animals. That's what he did. It was in his nature. And the only way to control him was to put him on a chain. Had to control that nature that was in him. So when we see how God deals with the people of the Old Testament, oftentimes He's restraining that nature. But see... Under the new covenant, in our life, in our wilderness experience, we have a new nature. We have within us. We don't need the fire by night or the cloud by day because we have it within us. He says He'd never leave you nor forsake you. 
Just like he wouldn't take the cloud from them. He wouldn't remove the fire from them. He's not going to remove himself from you. He's not going to leave you in a situation where you don't know what to do or how to get there. But we must live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I don't know what Pastor Dave thought when he began this journey into revival. I don't know what he expected. I don't know what you expected. But I do think that most of the people on this path had different expectations than what we're seeing today. Most of the people had a different idea of how to get to revival or maybe a different idea of how revival would come. And over the years, there are some who would begin to, and maybe even you and I, begin to murmur, complain. Where are the miracles? Where are the people? Why does Pastor Dave keep talking about praying in tongues? Does he not know anything else? You know? Yet he's feeding us. The Holy Spirit's feeding us. And he's feeding us and he's feeding us. And he's giving us what we need for today. He's given us what we need at the moment. And if we will begin to see things, or if we will allow ourselves to see things by the way of the Spirit, we can overcome much of the disappointments that we have. The children of Israel were disappointed. They, they only knew how to walk after the flesh. That's why God was so merciful Gave them something to look at with their natural eye. Gave them a way that they could be led by Him. Gave them the actual manifestation of food in the wilderness. Uh, Allowed their clothes to last the whole time they're there. Uh, Didn't allow sickness upon their bodies. They walked without swelling feet. Just all of these things in the natural to show them that He's with them. And yet we, how much more do we have Him with us? What a greater responsibility do we have to continue down the path to revival? Continue on the path into the promised land. It's just like He gave a path in the wilderness, He's giving us a path today. And some of that path... Showed the people of Israel who they were. Showed them their pride and their arrogance. Uh, they, they saw the things that were in their flesh. And, and today as we're led by the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit takes us down paths that we don't necessarily understand. Takes us in ways that we might think are too long. We don't like it. <laughs> But in the midst of it, the Holy Spirit's showing us who we are and the things that need to change and the things that must be overcome. And He's not doing it to condemn us or to cause us to to feel less than who we are, but it's to show us that there's something so much greater than where we are. 
there's someone so much more powerful than who we are. To transform us into what He's called us to be. Let's look at Luke chapter 4. Verse 1, it says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. The same Holy Ghost that led the children of Israel out of bondage and into the wilderness was now leading Jesus not out of bondage because he's never been in bondage but being led of the Holy Spirit it led him into the wilderness I think that sometimes we believe as Christians that we should never have to go through any difficult times that things should always be right and if they're not and if something's not going well then that person is missing God Now, I don't believe God's leading us into car wrecks or devastation or any kind of sickness or disease. The children of Israel had all that they needed. They were, everything was provided for. It was just a circumstance that they didn't enjoy. They were just going through some things that were uncomfortable to their flesh. And here, Jesus, the Son of God, is being led by the Spirit, and you think that God's going to lead him into something marvelous, and he does, but he also was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. If we're going to make it, it's kind of a difficult statement, but I guess that's okay. If we're going to make it into revival, if we're going to make it into all that God has for us and to be, to be able to function the way that He wants us to function in revival. Then we have to follow the path even if it means it's through the wilderness. Even if it means it's through difficult circumstances. If it means that we have to give up things that we've found comfortable that we've enjoyed. For the children of Israel, they even came to the place where they said, He's led us out to the desert to die. (laughs) And there can be times along the way where it seems as though there's no way out. It seems as though God has led us to the end of this path and, 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 and it's just a dead end. Seems as though you're sawing off the very branch you're standing on. It 
And yet, He doesn't remove the fire. He doesn't remove the cloud. He assures us every step of the way we're where He wants us to be. His message is continually the same. Stay steadfast. Continue in what you know. Be even more laser focused. And I believe that as we continue down this path, it's going to, there's going to be more and more required of us. And even though I feel most of the time the majority of us are mature enough and we, we walk close enough with the Lord that some of these messages might seem almost unnecessary. I also know that I have to, just like you, I have to follow the path that's set before me. <laughs> so I have to, to share what I believe I'm hearing from the Lord. Sometimes these are difficult things. But God is leading us by His Spirit. He's leading us through His Word. He's given us prophecy after prophecy to go along with even the Word of God that we have, to go along with the teaching that we already understand, to go along with what He's already uh, speaking into your spirit. And He's giving us general directions as a body, just as He gave to the children of Israel. And yet... Under this covenant, you are His child. And He has something to say to you specifically. And He has something for you to do specifically. You don't get to just follow the crowd and and look for the fire. But you have to find within you that place where God is speaking to you. and, and, And be willing to give up those things that stand between you and Him. Be willing to give up the the part of you, of your flesh... That's speaking louder than he's speaking. Whether that means fasting. Or means spending more time in prayer. Or it might mean meditating the word of God and renewing your mind. They mean spending some private time in worship. And we know it means all of those things. But at different times, God will lead you in different ways and in different seasons. So that you know that he's with you. Sometimes, especially this time of year, things, people become very busy. We get distracted by the things of this world. There's nothing wrong with buying presents for your loved ones and going to all of their events and, and those types of things. But we cannot allow our hearts to be distracted by the things of the world. It's very important that we stay on the path that God has given us because just as He's given us a path in the wilderness for the multitude to follow, for the body to follow, He's also put out a path for each one of us to follow. And as I was speaking last Sunday, I had like a little mini vision and I saw these illuminated pathways coming forth from the feet of the people in this body. 
Each person had their own path that was illuminated to walk in. And that path, while it had different different turns and different ways to go, but they all led together to one path into revival. This may seem kind of funny, but it kind of reminded me of the Atari logo where there's a, there's several different lines that all come together to a straight line some of them bend in from the out from the other side but they end up in a straight line going forward and that's what i saw all of these paths merging together one path into revival but the only way that we get on that path together is if we find our individual pathway and we follow that into the path of the body. The, you know, where God's leading the entire body. And we have to be careful not to be distracted by other things. In James, let's look at James chapter 4. One of the things that's going to be necessary as we're following this path and something that Gary has mentioned more than once And that's going to be humility. He talked about the word that he received about humility. He said, humble yourself. And when you've done all to humble yourself, humble yourself again. And I may not be quoting this perfectly, but you'll get the idea. And then when you're sure that you're humbled, humble yourself some more. If we're going to walk free from distractions, we're going to walk free from temptations and desires of the flesh, we're going to have to be humbled before God. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know That friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. But he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves. In the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. (laughs) Praise God. He doesn't leave us in that place. (laughs) He doesn't leave us in the place of lamenting and mourning and sorrow. But yet the Bible says that godly sorrow leads to repentance. Too many times we're sorry for what we've done. Whatever it might be. Something as simple as watching too much television during a time when 
you'd committed to prayer or whatever it might be, we say, oh, I'm sorry. I missed that. But there's no real lamenting or mourning or weeping. If we're going to have something we've never had before, you're going to have to do something you've never done before. If we're going to be committed to seeing God have a revival that the world hasn't seen, it means we're going to have to not only grow up, But if you're you're living as a child of God with one one foot in the world, then you're living as an adulterer. Or an adulteress. And He's requiring of us a commitment to turn away from doing things the way the world does them and to follow that leadership of the Holy Spirit, to live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We have prayer here every Wednesday. Every Friday and every Saturday. I don't get here every week. No one expects everyone to be here every week. And and God knows, we know that there's other reasons that people can't be here. But you know, for many years, for as long as the prayer center's been here, that I know of, we've had a service on Wednesday night. Or for, I'll just say it this way, for many years, for as long as I've been Known of the prayer center. They've had a service here on Wednesday night. Starts at 7 o'clock. And for many years, the place was filled up. Maybe you can't come at 8.30 in the morning or or 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm sorry, and stay till 8.30 at night. But if you could come when there is a service at 7 and stay till 8.30, why can't you come at a time of prayer at 7 and stay till 8.30? You might say, it sounds like you're getting on to us. Well, I'm getting on to me too. God's requiring something more. And it's a time to be humbled before Him and say, Lord, judge these things in my life. And if you've judged them and you're, you're free and you're clean before God, by all means do whatever it is the Lord's having you do. But if there's something there that you know is distracting you and keeping you from what God is saying, it's a time to repent. It's a time to lament and mourn. And and, and it's a time to come and weep before the Lord. That we no more walk as adulterers or adulteresses. That we no more allow the desires of our flesh to lead us in ways that are not 
what God is saying, not ways that he is leading us. It's a time to be serious about our commitment to revival. Listen, you can go to heaven. Jesus is enough. But we're talking about a a narrow path that is specific to those God has called to it. Just like every other calling that God has in the body. We're called to bring forth this revival. And if we're going to do that, it's going to be through humility. Because there can't be any idea that it's come from us. There can't be any idea that man is bringing this forth. Humility is going to be so necessary. It is so necessary. To know that I'm just the donkey that he rode in on. To know that without Him I can do nothing. But the good news is just like the children of Israel, God provides for us along the path. Their clothes didn't wear out, their feet didn't swell. God will keep you. You may not have all that your flesh desires for you to have, but you're going to be taken care of. God is providing for us every step of the way. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. He's leading us on this path and He's he's speaking His word to us that we could have something to live by. If you'll allow Him to, He'll speak to you individually. Let's go to one other scripture. I'm going to get to all of them today. Praise God. <laughs> First Peter chapter 5. Uh, verse 5. First Peter chapter 5 verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who has called 
us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. God has a grace available to us on this path. God's grace is there to empower us, to enable us to keep walking, to walk free from sin, to walk free from distractions, to walk free from all of the things of the flesh and into the fullness of what He has for us. He'll strengthen you, establish you. He will settle you. Right in the midst of the path to revival. So while there is a responsibility and there are some things that we're going to have to turn away from and there are some things that are going to have to be dealt with in our lives, in the midst of it, His grace is available. And His grace is enough. He said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He might exalt you in due time. When it comes to pleasure, the flesh wants in. When it comes to exaltation, the flesh wants in. But you see, He will exalt you in due time. Not in your time, not in my time. One preacher said, you know, God is never late, but seems as though He comes through just before you die. <laughs> right? So, says here, we humble ourselves before God, we cast our cares upon Him. And in different seasons of life, those cares are different things, right? Sometimes we have cares because we have such great responsibilities and we have bills to pay, we got kids to raise, and then later on, that care might be that there's something else that we want to do other than being in the presence of the Lord, and we have to cast that upon Him. We have to be willing to cast our temptations and our uh, distractions upon the Lord. You know, He knows they're there anyway. You might as well tell Him. (laughs) Say, God, you know, I don't really want to be here today, but I'm casting that over onto you, that you carry that so that I can receive your grace, so that I can receive your strength, so that I can have your care lavished upon me today. And then He says, after you've suffered a while. I wish He didn't put that in there. Are we suffering because that's the way God designed it and that's what He wants for us? I don't believe that's the reason that we suffer. We suffer because we're still walking around in this fleshly body and we have to cast those cares on Him and we have to crucify this flesh. We have to put to death those desires and there's a suffering in that. But yet, if we're willing to do that, after we've tried it in our own strength for a while, and we give up, and we say, okay, you can have it, Lord. I cast my cares on you. Then we can receive His cares lavished upon us. And then, His grace. His grace comes. Maybe you've had a difficulty getting through some of these seasons. 
<laughs> See, uh, what I'm seeing is the Holy Ghost is like culminating all of the teachings, all of the doctrine, all of the lessons that we've had over the years. And it's like He's bringing all of those things together and He's, call, and he's bringing us to an accountability saying we have all that we need in order to walk in the fullness that He has for us. And it's our responsibility to apply those things to our life. We have the born again trail. We've got the first John series from uh, Gary. We have this transformation series that, that Alan is bringing. And I see how all of the things that Pastor Dave has taught us, it's like a culmination of all of that. And to say, listen, you really do have to walk in what I have told you to walk in. You don't get to just watch Dave do it and, and let him grab you by the hand and pull you into revival. It doesn't work that way. We, we oftentimes look and we say, you know, well, Pastor Dave, he walked into that door, the room of God's love. Isn't that wonderful? Can't wait for that to happen again. You're on the same path, honey. You're going to have to get, if you're not, you need to get on that path. Because God's requiring you to walk in it. Not watch somebody else do it. Not wait for Him to come and lay hands on you and give it to you. He's asking you to walk in it. He's wanting to give you the grace to be able to get there yourself. That's been the plan all along. It's never been to follow Dave Roberson into something wonderful. It's been for Dave as always, his desire has always been to deliver us unto the Holy Spirit that we could go and do what God called you to do. He says, show me your dust. We think he's joking. Now I'm going to wait. Dave will be back. <laughs> Praise God. Dave will be back. Amen. But what's he going to find when he gets here? I believe if God has his way, he'll find a people ready for revival. Or people who are in revival. I wish I could say, okay. We've done enough. That's even the, the wrong thinking, but I'm just going to say it this way. We've, we've accomplished all that, that God's asked us to, and revival is on the way. So when, when Alan gets up today, it's revival, right? Amen. That'd be awesome. And I'm not saying it's not. But what I'm saying is that we don't get to choose those things uh, in that way. The way. What we get to choose is if we're going to get on the path and follow it into revival. If we're going to humble ourselves and allow God to exalt us in due time. That's our guarantee. Our guarantee is not that it's next Tuesday. It's not that it's tomorrow or today or 10 years or 5 years or 1 year. It's that it's in due time. And when we realize that and we come to that understanding and we're able to get through the sufferings for a little while, His grace is available. And it will settle you. It will settle you right along the path. And you realize that the path to revival is just as sovereign as the revival itself. And you're able to stand in the strength And the ability of God. Because here's the thing, even walking on the path to revival, we can't do in our own strength. 
There's nothing we can do without Him. Even in the crucifixion of our own flesh, the Bible says, As by the Spirit you do put to death the deeds of the body. We don't get to do it in the strength of the flesh. We don't get to do it. Our flesh gets no satisfaction out of this. We have to be fully surrendered and walk in the fullness of what He has for us. Walking after the Spirit. Listening. So that we have the Word of God to live by. And when we don't hear it, that we stand in the thankfulness that God has provided for us. We don't become like the children of Israel and decide, well, I guess I need some other God because it isn't the way I wanted it to be. Now we have to continue steadfast. If we're going to walk into revival, if we're going to continue on this path, we have to be willing to put to death everything that's distracting us from the voice of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Whatever's distracting you. Pastor Dave, I know I reference him a lot, but that's because this is his place. <laughs> and we love him. Pastor Dave would say, you want a perfect picture of the devil? You want a Picasso? Perfect, absolutely detailed picture? Of Satan, whatever it is that kept you out of prayer this week. You might say, Well, it was my grandkids that kept me out of prayer. Are they the devil? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. But whatever it is in you that allowed you to put that. <laughs> Listen, I got grandkids. They go to bed early. <laughs> Sometimes. But you can stay up, you can stay up late. You can get up before they do. There's other things that you can do. Those are the things that the enemy is stealing from you. Those are the places that we have to put to death and say, No, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. What he's told me, what's necessary to put to death whatever it is in my flesh. That's keeping me from all that God has for me. It may seem difficult at times. might look a little bit ugly (laughs) to see your own flesh. But don't be condemned by that, but be encouraged. When you see that there's something in your flesh that's holding you back, and you see the ugliness of it, you should be encouraged to know that the Holy Spirit is building you up beyond it, and building you up past it. Because once you can see it in your own life, that means He's given you the strength to overcome it. When you're still seeing it in everyone else's life, but not yours, that means He's still working on you. And sometimes in the midst when God's trying to tell you, to quit gossiping, you're, you're talking about all those other people who are gossiping because he's beginning to shine a light on that in your life. And everybody else is, can see it and we're just kind of waiting. <laughs> and then you go, oh my gosh, I did that? That was me? That's encouraging. That's called edification. 
means we're being built up past those things of our flesh. And, so, and it can be discouraging because we think, you know, I think sometimes they've taught this 25 years ago. Why am I just now <laughs> noticing that this is in my life? Well, it, because you are. Doesn't matter how long it takes. What, they, what the devil wants to do is say, see, look, 25 years, you still got problems. It's not working. But see, no. 25 years, and I can see what the problems are, and God's empowered me to overcome them. See, God's working in you every day, bringing that path to light before you. And the more you walk in the light of it, the closer you get to that place of revival, the closer you get to walking in the fullness of what God has for us as a body. Because there's what I believe, there's a shift taking place. I don't want to speak without without the surety that the Holy Spirit is doing it. So I'll say it as a, as kind of an observation first, and we'll see how the Lord takes it. But I see that over the years, God has ministered through man, and most generally through one individual to a service to a group of people, right? His desire has always been to flow through His body. But I believe that we're going to see some corporate things that we haven't seen before. And I believe it takes place as we, as individuals, listen for the instruction of the Holy Ghost in our own life. And then as the Holy Spirit brings the instruction to the body, we're able to walk in that and to be strengthened by that. And I believe there will be some corporate times of ministry. Not necessarily that every person ministers. I don't mean it that way. But I mean where the Holy Spirit is able to minister to the body as a whole. Rather than flowing through one man to do it, He does it by His Spirit in our midst. And I know that we've seen a few of those things. We've seen that happen in times past. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll just say it this way. I put it in my own words. You haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> we, we've seen some things in the past, but you haven't seen anything yet. Good Oklahoma terminology, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> There's coming. Mm. Hallelujah. As we approach revival, even though we're in revival, as we approach greater manifestations of this revival, we go into the deeper waters I'm seeing something here, so I'll say it like this. I don't know where we are. If revival is an ocean, I don't know how deep we are. Let's say we're ankle deep. As we go deeper, there'll be waves 
that will splash over us. We'll experience times from that place of revival. The temptation will be to say, this is revival. And to want to take that and go somewhere with it. The Lord says, even as the waves come, do not be distracted, but continue steadfast in what I have told you. Continue steadfast in my presence. Continue to receive of me because there is more, there is more, and there is more. And as the waves begin to crash upon you and you receive from the revival, the waters of revival, Don't be distracted. Even by the manifestations of my glory. For you will see, they will come. Don't allow that to distract you and to say, yes, now is the time to do this or to do that. But only listen to me. Do not be led by manifestations. Do not be led by any other means, but allow me to speak clearly, just as I've always done. And I will lead you fully into the fullness of this revival. For there are abandoned times past, revivals that have come, and when they began to see the manifestation of my glory, they began to swell up in pride. And there came a mixture of the flesh. And so I warn you this day, do not allow pride nor your own understanding to interfere with the revival that I have planned. But go ahead and keep going all the way in. Wave after wave. It may seem as though a great wave comes upon you and, and things are wonderful. And then it dies down. If it does, let it die. Don't be distracted. Continue to wade deeper. Another wave may come and it could take some away. Let them go. Keep going. Deeper and deeper. For there will come a day the waters of revival overtake the abilities of the flesh and you're able to walk not by man's wisdom but you allow my spirit to take you where I want it to go. And in that you will see. You will see a glory. You will see a manifestation. You will see a fullness of my spirit that will overtake the carnal mind and will allow the fullness of revival to be released. It doesn't happen halfway out. It doesn't happen by stopping when you begin to see results. But it happens when you continue on beyond all the places that man has been stopped in times past, and you allow me the fullness, and you continue to stay humble before me and do not interfere 
with what I'm doing. And those who interfere, let them interfere. Leave them be. You stay with me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we just thank you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. We call upon your grace today, Lord, to be strengthened, established, and settled in you. Lord, your strength to be able to carry on into the deeper waters and into the deeper things of revival, Lord. Help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us to give up what's necessary in order to receive the fullness that you have for us, Lord. Without you, we can do nothing. So, Father, as we dismiss this service and we prepare for the next, we know, Lord, that your glory is present. We know that your glory fills every service at the prayer center. So be with us. Prepare our hearts. Prepare our minds to receive from all that you have. We give you honor, glory, thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.